Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 236 of the Life Made to Order podcast. On your spiritual journey, avoiding this trap you'll very much want to fall into. And what I mean by that is kind of what I said, right? You'll It'll be something that you'll want to do, which is why you have to be careful of it because you won't see it as a detriment, really. It'll seem preferable, but it really isn't. And the trap I'm talking about is using spiritual teachings to avoid dealing with your feelings. This is a very, very common thing that happens. I know that it happened to me a lot. It still does happen. Just uh, shortly before something happened and I saw myself, that was my first temptation was to intellectually go over spiritual truth and then think I shouldn't feel the way I was feeling and try to sidestep it. Again, you will, it's a trap we want to fall into. It's very much preferable because everything we're doing, and I kind of like, again, I, I refer to it as a spiritual journey, however you want to think about it especially manifestation type stuff in particular, we're very drawn to doing all this because we have all these negative feelings that we want to make go away. We want to fix them and we want to manifest things we think will make them go away. We want to find tools and techniques and routines and rituals that we think will keep these feelings at bay. So we're very motivated by not really healing our feelings. On the surface, that would seem like it's our intention, but we're what we're really trying to do because the egoic mind is kind of running the show in that respect, that's is we want to try to minimize those feelings. We don't really want to heal them. It's like, let's just like find ways where like they're just not bothering us as much. And it's an understandable motivation, but minimizing pain and actually feeling better are two very, very different goals. Those are two very different journeys. They will look very different. They will feel very differently. You'll get very different results depending on which path you, you want to follow. And if you've been on the pain minimizing journey, you, you can switch at any time. Some people might be forced to switch at some point. It, it gets too overwhelming, the pain minimizing mode. And you're like, okay, there has to be a different way. I can't do this anymore. Other people, it comes, you know, it, it, everyone will, in their own time, will probably switch at some point if they're serious about feeling better. But anyway... Right, because that trap is so easy to fall into because we are presented with these new ways of looking at things. You know, I, I've always called it ego thought system and spirit thought system. Again, whatever words. I always stress about not getting too caught up in words people use because they don't resonate. That's fine. But the words with the labels, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's the concepts behind them. So use what works for you and whatever resonates with you. So you have ego thought system that's very painful. That thought system creates a lot of negativity in the form of bitterness, anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, feeling cheated, feeling victimized, also creates all sorts of endless lists of grievances against countless people and entities in the world, makes us feel badly about ourselves, it makes us feel very demoralized and like we can't uh, cope with our problems, that thought system will tell us that our circumstances aren't responsible for, our our circumstances are responsible for our, our feelings and that's a very disempowering belief because we can't control very much outside of us and then spirit thought system comes along you start learning about these new ideas from whatever sources and material you've studied that present this other point of view this spirit mind thinking the spirit thought system and this thought system offers us a way out of the suffering caused by the egoic thought system because it basically tells us the exact opposite of what that thought system has been telling us you're not a victim. 
um, you're not uh, unlovable, you're not broken, you're not damaged, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, your circumstances actually aren't responsible for your feelings. Uh, your mind is, and you can heal what's in your mind because you have total control over that. So that's a really good thing. Uh, the world isn't just some random, meaningless, chaotic, whatever. It's like there's, you know, everything that happens has potential to serve you. You're loved, you're supported. So all of this stuff, again, that all of that way of thinking offers us a way out of that suffering if we choose to take it. If we sincerely make an effort to be like, okay, I'm going to try to think with the spirit mind. I'm going to think like spirit would think. I'll always ask myself, what would spirit say about this circumstance right now? What would spirit say about my interpretation of events or my interpretation or perception of this person or whatever it is that's causing pain? Because right, our pain is always coming from within our mind. There's a story, there's a narrative, there's a perception, there's an interpretation that the ego mind is engaging in, which is going to determine how we feel. And like I said before, egoic mind, egoic thought system, it's very negative. It's never going to be a good feeling interpretation. So again, we're offered this way out. We're being presented with another way to think, another point of view available to us. And that's amazing. But what happens is, like I said, the trap we fall into is it's easy then to use those teachings to try to avoid dealing with our feelings because those teachings would tell us, well, you don't need to feel that way. You only feel that way because you're thinking with ego mind. But if you thought my way, you wouldn't feel that anger. You wouldn't feel that resentment. You wouldn't feel that bitterness. You wouldn't feel that fear. You wouldn't feel that anxiety. You wouldn't feel like a victim. You wouldn't feel cheated. You wouldn't feel like the world is against you. You wouldn't feel like this person is treating you unfairly. You wouldn't think it's this person's fault that you feel the way you feel. And that's, again, that's wonderful because we're getting, because if the root of our suffering is what's happening in our mind, this thought system is offering us a way out of that suffering by giving us an alternative point of view to consider where, again, we wouldn't feel any of those things because we wouldn't be looking at things in a way any longer that makes us feel those sorts of feelings. But if we use those teachings and then we just say to ourselves, well, according to this spiritual teaching, whether it's these general teachings or a very specific thought system like A Course in Miracles or Buddhism or whatever, and then we just try to intellectually determine, well, I shouldn't feel that way, and then we just, but you do feel that way. We do feel these feelings in that moment. In that moment, we are looking at this situation or that person through the egoic filter, and we're thinking away, and we're feeling these feelings. Then if we just say, well, I shouldn't feel that way because spiritual teaching would tell me that, I should feel this way instead. Yeah, again, that's great. But if we are feeling certain feelings in the moment, we are entertaining the egoic thought system interpretation of this, of an experience. We can't just shut that down and be like, well, spiritual teaching, spirit mind, spirit thought system would say that I don't need to feel any of those things, that I shouldn't feel this guilt, that I shouldn't feel angry. And But we do feel the guilt. We do feel the anger. We do feel the resentment. We do feel victimized. So we have to let ourselves be with that because part of embracing those spiritual teachings in a genuine way, not just an intellectual appreciation or understanding of them, but really like where we have those thoughts, those interpretations become more dominant within us. And we're actually genuinely looking at things through that filter more often, more consistently in a more genuine way where we actually feel like 
that thought system is having a real impact, a meaningful impact in our life because we're actually thinking that way. Part of the journey to getting there is letting ourselves feel the feelings now, admitting when we're an ego thought system and when we have these thoughts and feelings, because like I said in a, a more recent podcast, engaging with our feelings and engaging with our thoughts and seeing why I'm feeling this way. And again, I always stress, I don't mean constant analysis, but like, you know, intuitively when something's big, you know, like if you're having a big emotion or it's an ongoing thing, then yeah, you want to look at it more on a right. You want to look at it consistently and engage because that's what gives us practice thinking that way because we recognize in the moment, okay, I'm an ego thought system. I'm viewing this situation in this way, which is making me feel this anger, fear, or whatever. But spirit would tell me that there's an alternative way to look at this. And in those moments when you're engaging with the thoughts and with the feelings, you get an opportunity to practice thinking in that way, in a genuine way. Because like I was, you know, I had said, it's hard to change our thinking when we never gives our, when we aren't giving ourselves the opportunity to change our thinking and engaging with our feelings and being honest about our feelings, being honest about what we're uh, thinking about a situation or a person that gives us the opportunity. When we feel the feelings, we purge them. We're letting that energy out. And we're making space for these new points of view and these new interpretations to settle more deeply into our mind. Because they really can't settle in more deeply when there's all that static of the negative emotion. And when we try to shut down our feelings by just being like, well, you know, Spiritual teaching would tell me that other people aren't responsible for my feelings, so I shouldn't feel this anger towards this person because it's not actually their fault. Again, that you're considering it even from the intellectual perspective, it's a good start, it's great. But in the moment, if you're not actually feeling that way, if that spirit mind thought system is not actually informing your interpretation of that person or the event in that moment, you have to let yourself feel that anger. You have to admit that, yeah, in this moment, I do, I am holding this person responsible for my feelings. I've been pretty conditioned to do that my whole life. So moving out of that space, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. Technically it could, but it probably won't in reality. I'm very conditioned to think that my feelings are responsive or are the responsibility of other people or that something external happening or something that someone said or did or something I observed made me feel this way. Yeah. Egoic mind is very simple minded in its thinking. It's like, yeah, I didn't feel this way till this thing happened. So yeah, that's why I feel that way. I felt fine until this person came and said that thing to me. So they're why I, that's why I feel really badly about myself right now because they insulted me. So it's like, oh yeah, again, that, that, th that thought system, that way of that, that part of us thinks it's very simplistic and it's like very black. So it's like, oh yeah, of course. So we're very conditioned, you know, in that example of the people causing our feelings. So you don't want to shut all that down by being like, well, spiritual teachings will tell me that. Uh, other people aren't responsible for my feelings. And this uh, tendency is particularly problematic for people that if you're really into teachings that really stress the illusory nature of this world, which all spiritual teachings to some degree do that, but others are more. Like, for example, A Course in Miracles would say that this whole world is a projection of the egoic mind. God or spirit or whatever you think of that entity as has no place here in this world. We created this world to separate from that part, even though we're still connected to it. We just are, you know, feel separated. We're, we're not aware. And everything here, because God didn't create it, is an illusion. It's not real. 
because the egoic mind created this. God has nothing to do with this world of pain and suffering. And, you know, this, that this, I, the idea behind a teaching like that, right, is like something that's eternal and nothing but love would not create this temporary existence full of pain and suffering and poverty and war and hatred, right? So to me, that always, that made sense a lot, which is one of the main reasons I was drawn to the teaching. But anyway, I'm getting a little off topic. But my point is like, so for a teaching like that, especially where it stresses the illusory nature of everything here, it's easy to shut down all your feelings like, well, it's all an illusion. None of it's real. But there's a part of you that thinks it's very real. It feels very real. So if you just shut something down, it's like, well, it's not real anyway, and it doesn't matter. Uh, our bodies aren't real. This is not who we really are. So death isn't real. No one really dies. But then someone close to you dies, and you're very, very devastated about it because there's a part of you that thinks this world is very real and these bodies and these separate identities are very real and you did lose a person and you're very upset about that but again to shut it all down to be like well it's just an illusion anyway no one really dies because this isn't who we really are again great perspective to deal with death but in the moment if you're very devastated and in deep grief over losing somebody which most people would even people that have a very deep belief in stuff like that. Like I, I believe a lot of those teachings very deeply, but if something were to happen to someone close to me, like my husband were to drop dead right now out of nowhere, I'd probably be pretty upset about that. And if I were to just be like, well, these separate bodies aren't real and we're not really married and we're not really these two separate people that are in this relationship. It's all, we're just God in love. Yeah, it's fine. Like shoulder shrug, like, okay, no problem. No, I'd be devastated. So again, we have to be careful that we're not using these teachings in a way that's actually detrimental to us by shutting down all of the stuff happening inside that's the real cause of our suffering. Again, we want to remind ourselves of these teachings because they can help, but we don't want to use them as an excuse to not deal with the feelings. Because like I said in the beginning, this is a trap we would very, very much want to fall into, a trap we'd be very happy to stay in because we're so incredibly resistant to our negative feelings. If we see any way to avoid dealing with them, we are all in. Ego mind is all in with that, that strategy. It's like, yes, let's do it. Why do you think people are so obsessed with tools and techniques for manifestation? They don't want to deal with their feelings. They're like, I don't want to deal with my poverty consciousness or my self-loathing or my deep fear about never getting married or never having kids. Just tell me how to get the money. Tell me how to get the husband. Tell me how to get the baby. Tell me how to get the new job. Tell me how to lose the weight. And as a fellow human, I get it, right? And our minds are powerful. So a lot of times we probably can manifest without doing any deep inner work because intention that, but if what's happening outside of us is not responsible for our happiness. And a lot of you might've seen you get a lot of the stuff you want and then you're still not happy. So it's, you know, whatever, but that's not really the topic here. But anyway, right. We want to be careful of that trap because it's a trap. We'll very much be happy to fall into and we won't see it as detrimental because we're like, Oh, cool. A way to avoid dealing with my feelings. I just have to like, just jump on this spiritual thought system bandwagon and just tell myself that I shouldn't feel all these things and hopefully that will be enough and then the feelings will go away. Most likely not, especially if it's a really deep feeling of an event that happened that triggered a lot of really deep stuff or you're dealing with something that you've been carrying around for a very, very long time. Just intellectually understanding you shouldn't feel that way because spiritual teaching would tell you that you should look at it this way instead is probably not going to be a very effective strategy. It might seem to have some short-lived benefit, 
it might help you suppress things a little bit and you might feel a little bit better, perhaps. There might be some surface level relief just from that kind of intellectual analysis of the situation through the spirit mind filter. But as far as any kind of real lasting change, that's probably not going to come unless you really let yourself engage with the feelings and you're honest about what you're thinking and feeling in the moment. And when I mentioned before how something had just happened just earlier, a little bit before I recorded this, and it wasn't like a big major thing, but you know, uh, as a lot of you know, my husband and I, we uh, travel full time. We've been in New Jersey for quite some time now, and this is where I'm from originally, and we come here to visit with friends and family, and we're leaving again to travel abroad in a couple of days. I'll probably be gone at least several months. I don't really know. Our schedule is not really too planned out beyond a couple of months. So I, you know, told my family, you know, reminded my sister, I'm like, yeah, just a reminder, like we're leaving in a few days. I know you sometimes forget my, my schedule or whatever. So I'm going over there today to spend some time with them, babysit my nieces while they uh, go out to dinner, her and her husband. And she sent me a text message saying, you know, don't tell Leah, my niece, my six-year-old niece, we're very close, her, me and my husband. We've spent a lot of time with her over the years. We spent a lot of time taking care of her when she was little. We have a very special bond. She's like, yeah, don't tell her that you guys are leaving because she gets very upset um, when she knows she's not going to see you guys for a while. So just don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And right away, I started feeling guilty. Now, intellectually, and even from an egoic point of view, not even spirit point of view, even from the egoic thought system, I would technically have no reason to feel guilty. I didn't do anything wrong, as the ego mind would see it, right? But so even from that filter, a lot of times our feelings aren't justified, but especially through spirit filter, quote unquote, justified, right? As we would think of it, spirit filter would be like, definitely, you never feel guilty about anything because you're not responsible for other people's feelings and whatever. It's not even about judging action. It's just that pure idea of like, there's no reason for guilt. But, and right away, my first thing, which again, which is helpful to think of spirit thought system. So again, practice thinking that way. So my first thought was like, yeah, I actually have nothing to feel guilty for. And so part of me was like doing it to practice that thinking because something was coming up where I was getting an opportunity to practice thinking that way, practice thinking like spirit would think. But also a part of me was probably trying to shut down the feeling a little bit by telling myself I shouldn't be feeling that way. What I know about spiritual teaching in that world, that point of view this guilt is not something that I, it's, I don't need to be feeling this way. I shouldn't be feeling it. But I was feeling guilty because there's a part of me that, like anybody, we have stuff with family. We have a lot of feelings of obligation and guilt. A lot of stuff that we think is love. It's really not from a spirit perspective. A lot of what we term as love is, is not. It's guilt and fear and codependency and sense of obligation, right? All that kind of icky stuff. So I was, I was feeling guilty thinking I'm doing something because from an egoic thought system, the second we do something that someone else gets upset about, it's like an automatic reaction of like, I must be doing something wrong. I'm wrong because this person's not happy with my choice, right? So there's usually when a lot of people, when you start really getting more deeply into your mind and your feelings, you'll see how much of like your negative feelings is guilt in like a million different forms. It's most of it is just guilt in some way, a lot of it. So it started triggering my guilt. It started triggering my stuff with my mom because she died a couple of years ago. And I always felt guilty traveling a lot because my father had died and I felt like I was leaving her alone 
in the house. And I know that she didn't like that we were away so much and she liked us close by. And I would always feel guilty. And then I felt like I was kind of reliving that with my family, with my sister and my nieces. That, that same dynamic of like feeling guilty about my choices, that my choices are upsetting people and that guilt. So it was in the moment, it was what happened with my niece to her saying that. And my sister, I don't think she was saying that to try to make me feel guilty. I think she was really just concerned about, you know, my niece, like not wanting to upset her. I don't think she was like any kind of dig at me. But again, I still felt guilty. And again, it was still, but a lot of it was about the stuff I had with my mom. And I felt like I was replaying this dynamic with them, that same idea of feeling guilty that my choices are making people unhappy. And I had to, again, instead of just shutting it down, like I was tempted to by being like, I have nothing to feel guilty about. I had to sit with it. You know, I, I, I told my husband, I, I told him, I, I read the message and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I was like guilt attack because we're always talking, we talk about that a lot with like the guilt with family and different things. And just in general that, like I said, a lot of our negative, like you, you'll start to see how much of what you've like, that's weight you're carrying around emotionally, how much of it is guilt for all sorts of things that you didn't even realize you felt guilty about. So I was, you know, we, so I talked it out with him a little bit and he just sang about how I felt. And because another thing too with this is why it's so important, why it's so tempting to shut things down is when we see the egoic mind and how it thinks, a lot of what it thinks is it would we would judge as petty, child, uh, childish, evil, judgmental, just we'd have all these negative judgments. And again, when looking through the spirit thought system, we would start to feel like, oh, these are like really bad things to think. I don't want to, and we don't want to, another reason too, we're tempted to shut it down is because when we explore the thinking behind the feelings, we might feel kind of a lot of shame about the thing, kinds of things we're thinking. It's like, oh, that's really petty, or that makes me sound like really mean or selfish. That's really childish. I don't want to, I don't like, I'm very uncomfortable with the thinking I think this way. That's embarrassing. Oh, that, that belief makes me feel kind of pathetic. Oh my God, that's so like pathetic that I think that, that I'm reacting this way to this thing. Uh, it seems so needy that that's what I want from that person right now. And that's what I really am upset about. So again, too, why another reason why it's tempting to fall into that trap is not just the general idea that we don't want to feel our feelings and go within our mind but the kind of stuff we'll see in our mind, they're these the sorts of things that we're thinking. It's not, you know, we're like, oh, that's pretty, that's a pretty ugly thought. That's pretty nasty. That's pretty petty. Again, childish. A lot of it will be very childish because the egoic mind's very childish. And again, we don't want to just shut it all down because spiritual teaching would tell us, well, no, you don't need to feel that way. You don't need to feel guilty. You shouldn't feel angry. You know, they're not responsible for your feelings we're not really these bodies. So death is an illusion. So, you know, it's okay that your love of your life died unexpectedly or your child suffered through this horrible illness and died of cancer at the age 10. Like none of us are real. So again, that kind of shoulder shrug, like moving on. No, right. We have to let ourselves feel that stuff. Cause if we really are serious about trying to embrace those points of view in a genuine way, we won't be able to do that if we're not really dealing with our feelings and we're not really going more deeply within our mind because it's like there's no room for it. Like I've always said, like that negative feelings, all that, those negative thoughts, like it's like a clutter, a static, an interference. We can't, 
that stuff can't take root more deeply in a genuine way if it's if our if our mind is in our emotional or vibe or whatever you want to think of it if it's cluttered with all of that stuff so don't fall into that trap of using spiritual teachings to avoid dealing with your feelings as a fellow human i get it we're very motivated by pain minimizing like i said earlier so it's very tempting to engage in any strategy where we think we can sidestep the feelings and still get what we want or still or not and just feel better. Part of the feeling better is, is letting ourselves feel badly and letting ourselves, because again, if our only problem is perception, if the only thing causing our pain is what's in our mind, we can't get to the root of the problem if we won't if we don't want to go there it's like well i don't want to look at what's in my mind yeah i get it as a fellow human there might be some pretty wacky stuff in there again that you're going to feel bad you're going to judge yourself harshly for thinking or feel again you feel like mean or pathetic or childish or whatever it is you don't want to judge any of it what's there is there and we want to let ourselves because if we don't look at you know if we're not getting to the root of the problem we can't solve the problem if the problem is within our mind, but we don't want to go within our mind because we're kind of uncomfortable to see what's there. We don't want to think about what's there. We don't want to face it. And then again, that's a choice we can make. There are plenty of people that get along just fine in life without having done any deep work on themselves. To get all sorts of stuff that humans find valuable, they can live their life just fine. That's fine. I, I have no judgment about people that don't undertake this sort of journey. This, everyone has their thing. This is just not everyone's cup of tea, and that's fine. But for people that once you start on a journey like this and you are more, a more growth-oriented person or you start getting more deeply into everything and stuff starts getting rustled up, not saying you don't have a choice because you, you can decide, yeah, I'm just going to kind of shut it all down, but it's really hard to do that. So it's like you kind of have to decide, okay, am I going to go all in? And I've already kind of... Uh, unlocked some of these uh, things, some of these floodgates have, have opened. I'm, I'm more aware now of things happening in my mind, whereas before I wasn't. Now that I'm aware of it, to just go back to living like I was when I wasn't aware, that's hard. I could choose not to deal with all the stuff, but now I'm aware of it. So that's going to create a lot of tension. So... And again, from an LOA manifesting, how do I get my stuff perspective? If energy and vibration are just fancy words for feelings, anything you do that improves your emotional state will have a positive impact on your external world and like your finances and your body and your relationships and the opportunities that are being presented to you and things you want to do, you'll find you're able to do them more easily and things just kind of work out in that way. So listen, as a fellow human, I get it. To varying degrees, a lot of us, even on a journey like this, we will remain invested in the external world to, to varying degrees. And we, there's a part of us that does care. And like I've always said, you know, especially like A Course in Miracles, one of the, teach, one of the things that the book stresses a lot and, and says in a lot of different ways is spirit gets it. Spirit knows you value this world. It knows you believe you need certain things. It knows you're concerned about certain things. And as long as you're here and you believe certain things are necessary for your existence here, it will provide for them. So again, spirit gets it. So if you still think it's important that you need money, you'll be able to make money. If you think it's important that you have a place to live and a roof over your head, you'll have a house. If you think it's important, whatever, right? Spirit knows that even though spirit knows that you don't need to do certain things to heal your body, for example... It's like, yeah, you just need to heal your mind. It knows that you believe in special diets and you believe in supplements and you believe in uh, 
alternative healing modalities and you believe in medication. So it will guide you to things that will resonate with that egoic part of you that you have faith in and you'll be like, yeah, and then you'll do that thing and then you'll feel better. Because Spirit's like, yeah, I know that like you believe in all of that. So I'll work with you. Spirit works with us within this world. It works within our belief system because it gets how we are. And it works with all of this stuff in the world here that we that we deem as valuable and that we believe in. Ultimately with the goal of helping us withdraw our belief in all of it. But again, it, it realizes what it's working with as far as our thought system goes. And it, it works with us gently. It's not looking to rip the world out from under us and then force all this massive change on us. It's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it in a way that I know you'll be able to handle. I know you believe in certain things, so I'll provide them for you. I'll guide you to the external solutions, even though I know you don't need them, but I know you believe in that. So I'll guide you to stuff that will work for you. I'll help you. So, but yeah, so anyway, right? So for, again, so from a manifesting perspective, dealing with your feelings, and also too, again, from a manifesting perspective, if the external world isn't what really is going to make us happy, changing our body, uh, getting more money, living somewhere different, having a relationship, having kids, whatever it is, it makes sense to do the inner work because all you really want anyway is to feel better. That stuff will be a natural byproduct of it anyway. And you'll enjoy things a lot more when you're not looking for them to make you happy. When you're not making these things so precious and valuable and important, you can just enjoy them. Like, for example, with me, I've been traveling the world pretty much full time for over a decade now. Now, when I first started traveling, was I under the delusion that traveling and where I was, that the act of traveling itself and being in a different location than where I grew up would be some major key to my happiness? Absolutely. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. I think travel can be very stimulating. There's something to be said about being in a new environment and being around it. Yeah, again, like intellectual, it's stimulating and I've enjoyed it. But over the years, I started realizing, just like anything else externally, it wasn't the answer. And then when COVID hit, and even before COVID, I hadn't been traveling at least for a year before that because my mother had gotten sick. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer in May of 2019. I remember I was in Thailand. We were going to keep traveling for a few more months, but then we came home. And we lived in the house with her for uh, almost a year to the day. And in March 2020, she died of COVID. So even before COVID, I hadn't been traveling and we stayed, you know, we didn't travel internationally after she died. You no, know, we sold the house. We stayed in the U.S. Uh, first half of 2021, we went abroad for a few months. We went to Panama. But then after that, we came back to the U.S. and we've stayed there ever since. And even though the world had opened up, there was still a lot of restriction. I just, I, and maybe because I hadn't traveled in a while, I kind of lost my taste. I wasn't as like, I was just kind of used to being in the U.S. and I was enjoying seeing other parts of the country that I hadn't seen. You know, it's a big country. There's a lot to see, lots of different culture in, in different parts of the, the country. I really, even though I could have been traveling abroad this whole time pretty much, I kind of wasn't feeling drawn to it. So I honored that and I just you know, stayed in the U.S. and I was enjoying it. But then I started, then once travel started really, like all the countries were dropping restrictions and it was just like get on a plane and go. That's kind of what I was waiting for. I'm like, I just kind of want to travel again when it's just like normal. I don't want to wear masks anywhere. I don't want to take tests and vaccine. I'm like, I don't want to be bothered with any of that. So then we started planning abroad and we booked a couple of trips. So I'm going to Greece in a few days. Uh, we're going to Crete uh, for a couple of weeks, one of the Greek islands. And then we're going to Turkey for about a month. And then after that, I don't really know what we're going to be doing, but 
I was realizing that while I'm excited to go, I know that, and again, travel, it's very stimulating, it's interesting, and whatever part of me enjoys it, I know that at the core of my being, whether I'm in Greece or New Jersey, Turkey or North Carolina, I'm not, it's not going to make a huge difference in how I feel. So while I'm still excited to go and I'm still in like looking forward to it, I still enjoy traveling. I'm not thinking like, oh, the, the key to feeling better is like once I'm in Greece, I'm going to be, feel amazing and so much different than I feel in New Jersey. Maybe on the surface temporarily, again, because travel is stimulating, I'm in a new environment or whatever. But as far as at the like the depths of my being, the deeper emotional state and the, uh, that deeper level, it, where I go is not going to make a difference. But but because I no longer look to travel to be this like this you know healing bomb to my emotions or thinking that's the answer is traveling or anything else external. I enjoy the experiences a lot more because I'm not putting all of this stuff on them. I'm not feeling pressure to make these experiences some big thing, you know, and be like, oh, feeling all this pressure. You can just enjoy it. So again, from that manifesting perspective, it's really good to do that inner work because if there's a part of you that will always value the external to some degree, you'll get more enjoyment out of the external when you're not looking to the external to provide that enjoyment. Because again, there's just, you're more relaxed about everything. So when you, when we have this realization that the outside is not the answer, it doesn't mean giving up on the outside and, and, you know, deciding to live some life of a renunciate where you don't make money or have relationships and you just pray in a temple all day. You could still exist in the world and do stuff and have a business and have relationships. You can do all those same things, but you no longer place the same value on them that with along with that value comes attention, a pressure, making everything so precious, dealing with that disappointment when you when you engage and then you see it's not the thing and then that vicious cycle where the mind is like let's just try a new thing or get a different thing. you can free yourself of all of that and you can enjoy the travel, you can enjoy your relationships, you can enjoy the money knowing none of it really matters. Whether or not I travel, I can be just as happy here in New Jersey as in some exotic Caribbean island or some you know, country in Asia or something, a uh, city or whatever. But I enjoy traveling. But do I put the same uh, value on it that I did? No, because I realize it's not the answer, just like anything else outside of me. So again, from a manifesting perspective, it's really worth it to do this inner work. Because if you just travel the path of how do I get what I don't, ha just how do I attract what I don't have? Again, our mind is very powerful. You don't need some perfect, pure energy to get things. That was true, like nobody, a lot fewer people would have the stuff that they have, the money, the relationships, all these things that are egoic mind values. It's worth it because if you think those things are important, don't you want to be in a frame of mind, in an emotional state where you'll get the most enjoyment out of them? You'll enjoy your husband a lot more when you own your own shit and don't look to him to make you happy and, and you know provide for your self-esteem boosts and then heal your relationship with your dad. You'll enjoy money a lot more when you don't hold it so precious and feel like, uh, you know, yeah, you spend it, you have fun, it's just energy, you're throwing it out there, it'll come back to you eventually. That's a, you know, that's a better relationship with money than feeling like no matter how much money you have, you still feel scarcity and lack and you're terrified you're going to lose it all. And make, again, making everything so precious. So again, manifesting perspective, this, I think this is worthwhile use of your time, even if technically it's still externally focused. 
bringing it to the internal to a good degree is you'll you'll enjoy all this stuff a lot more. But anyway, yeah. So the spiritual trap that again we'll very much want to fall into. We want to be careful because it's tempting. Because anything where we think we don't have to deal with our feelings, we're like, I'm in. Let's do this because that's really what I'm wanting. I want to avoid my feelings. But your feelings are just messengers. They're really, when you start dealing with them, and some of you might have seen this, it's really not that bad. Even when you feel really shitty, you see the value in engaging with them. And you know that what you ultimately want is to feel better. And you know engaging with them is going to get you that. And again, the part of you that's concerned with the external world, you understand that doing all that inner work will benefit your external world. So that part of you is getting taken care of in the process. You're not abandoning a go with you that cares about the money and all that shit. Again, you're just not focusing on it so much. You're not putting this value on it that you may have previously where it's in a, in a frame of thinking where it's actually never, it's not going to give you what you think it can give you. And you give that up, which is good. So yeah, that's it guys. I hope you enjoyed this. And for more content, products, and information about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadeorder.com. Bye-bye.